us to, just to know you more and to, and to be closer to you and to know and be guided by your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's praise God.
I need your rain. I need 
God, you may be seated. Aren't you thankful for those streams of refreshing tonight? Amen. That they will bring till we thirst no more. Amen. Praise God. Our ushers are going to wait upon us at this time for your evening giving. Just as you prepare to bless the Lord on tonight. Uh, let me just make a couple of announcements. Of course, Sunday morning we'll be worshiping the Lord in our second uh, week of uh, season of joy. We had a wonderful time last week, and we're looking forward to another wonderful Sunday this week. And so I uh, encourage you just to uh, be here and also uh, have somebody come and be with you. Our student ministry will be ministering in the morning service on Sunday morning. And so they're always a blessing, and so we believe in God for a great time on Sunday. And then also, let me just uh, say that uh, if there's anybody that has any cards for Lena, she, you can leave them here, and uh, someone is going to take them tomorrow uh, up to her. So uh, you can leave them here if you would choose to do that. And then also our young adults are going to uh, sink in, is it February? February. And uh, so if you would like to um, be involved in that and go for that weekend, they went last year and had a wonderful time. And if you would like to go, uh, having a meeting immediately following Sunday morning service uh, here in the sanctuary, right up front here. So you can just meet right here and get all of the information that you need on that. All right. Father, thank you tonight for this time to come and to worship you. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the word and song. And now we just celebrate God, the word and message, and also continue in our worship as we give tonight. Pray, Father, that you would just bless the gift and the giver, that you would supply every need according to your riches and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you in your giving tonight. Jeremy, appreciate that tonight, all of our worship team. <clears throat> want to uh, look tonight, we've been talking about worship, uh, the power of worship. How many has been just trying that? All right, 
I'm glad I've helped three of you. <coughs> All right. All right. But uh, as we were uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the power of worship and how that uh, worship is, is a mindset that we miss sometimes. Worship is not <coughs> a response to experiencing or feeling the presence of God but rather worship is an invitation for God to come into our situation. And we said that, that the Bible declares to us that he has called each of us to worship, right? He has called us, and that word call there means uniquely and individually. He has called us. It's not a, 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 just a covering of saying, let anybody come, but he calls us by our name, and he calls us to a place of worship. And so that is um, marvelous. And then we also seen that the word means to ambush. He said he inhabits or ambushes our praise. And so we talked about how that he would ambush us. And so when we go into worship and we praise him, he comes as an ambush. We may not feel it. We may not know that he's even there. But as we heartfelt worship him, he ambushes our praise. And then the last Sunday, we talked about that he ambushes our enemies, amen? And he, whenever we worship him, he ministers, he wars for us. And tonight, I want to talk to you about the price of worship, uh, because there is a price in worship. It is uh, in Exodus, I want to go there, I think, first, and I <clears throat> had to break out some old school, had to bring... Bible out tonight. Them electronics are great when they're working, and when they're not, they're not great. But uh, I want to go to Exodus chapter 30 tonight and just lay a foundation. Uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness, uh, worship was demanded by a type of uh, golden altar or incense. It was uh, a place where that they would go and worship. And God commanded that every time that the priest came into the holy place, that he was to take a handful of this special compounded incense and, and sprinkle it upon the light, living coals, and there would be a perpetual glow upon this altar. Uh, the result of that would be that there would be a perfume or a smell of smoke would filtrate through this thin linen veil that would separate God from the priest. It filled the priestly compartment where the priests were in that compartment with this fragrance that would saturate his clothes. It would saturate his hair. It would saturate his skin and penetrate his skin until he himself would take on the fragrance of this uh, smell, as it were, a sacrifice, so that when he left the presence or he went into the outer courts, that even those who had not entered with him would be able to smell the fragrance of worship. And how it is that we tonight don't just come to the house of God to worship him, but we ought to leave smelling like the rose of Sharon. We ought to be leaving here smelling like the lily of the valley. There ought to be a fragrance of worship that goes with us. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. And so this is uh, 
a visual demonstration of worship. It teaches us in the New Testament believer, uh, priests are to offer worship of prayer or offer worship of thanksgiving. And when it comes into, we come into the presence of the Lord, we are to worship him in spirit, soul, and body. We are to, and we are to, in other words, it is to more than just uh, permeate our, our outer, but it is to get inside of us. It is to get in our spirit, our soul, and our body with this fragrance of God so that life change can really take place. Amen? Praise God. It only takes a handful of worship incense to create a cloud of glory. And when people will begin to offer their praise and offer their worship, there will be a presence. He comes on the wings of praise. Amen. He comes on the wings of praise for the priest to burn incense every time that they went into the holy place. It's obvious that it cost them something. It was costly to produce this uh, sacrifice. There was four different ingredients that was used in it. And when you study these four out, it wasn't like, you know, you could go to Walmart and get all four of them. But they were strategically in different places, in different locations, in different uh, areas. And they would have to all be gone and got there in different places and brought to one central location. And in that one central location, they would gather them together in their respectful place. And when they brought them, the priest would take and break them down. It would beat them into small pieces and beat them into powder. And then he would blend them uh, together and it would be uh, something that they could then burn as an incense unto the Lord. It is a picture of you and I. As I said, none of our praise is the same. Nobody, no two people in here has God done the very same thing for. All of us have something uniquely different that God has blessed us, has helped us, has made a way, has answered a prayer that perhaps he has not done for anybody else. And when we bring that worship to this place, it is unique that nobody else can give my testimony and I can't give somebody else's testimony. But we bring it together and we come from different places and different stages of life and different lifestyles stages and we come from different situations and different backgrounds but we all come to this central location this this place that God has ordained that we should come to the house of the Lord and when we do the holy spirit the great apothecary begins to break he begins to mold he begins to take you and I until we are no longer ourselves individually but God sees us as one amen in unity and when we offer up our praise and our worship he does not hear us individually but but he hears us as one voice giving praise and glory and honor to God. And it is a sweet aroma that is offered up before him. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't like stinky stuff. Amen. I don't like skunks. Right? I come in this evening in the atrium and maybe the aroma is still out there, but uh, it smelt burnt wood or something burning guess those systems had drawn that in. It wasn't a beautiful smell. It wasn't a pleasant aroma, right? 
you know, but I, I, I don't want there to be a strange smell coming from this place. I don't want there to be a strange aroma, but I want it to be a sweet smelling savor unto God. Something that he is well pleased with. How I many know there's some things you enjoy smelling better than others? Amen. And God likes it whenever there's a sweet smell. It's a sweet aroma that is offered up. And so we come to this, that is what a picture of our worship. We have to come to this central place. Amen. We have to be broken in humility. Amen. We are not here and, and God doesn't show up because we're all of that in a bag of chips, but we are honored every time that we can come into the presence of God. We are honored and uh, that we can host him and he will come and inhabit our praise, inhabit our worship. Amen. He tells us that it is a contrite spirit in which he looks toward. And so it is that we have to have that broken spirit, that broken heart, that, that we will come before him and we will tremble at his word. We will tremble and honor at his presence and say, God, we are honored and we stand here today. Amen. Humbled that you would come. What manner of man is this? Amen. That that the Lord of glory would bow down and come to you and I. Amen. The Bible said, what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that you would visit him? Amen. I tell you who we are tonight. We are made in his likeness in his image. We are created after him tonight. And whenever we will open our mouth and begin to give him praise and create an atmosphere, an aroma that is released into the heavenlies, it goes beyond the natural realm. It goes beyond this sanctuary, but it goes into the heavenlies and it gets the attention of Father God, and he begins to inhabit and begins to dwell and begins to move in our worship. Can I tell you that when we begin to worship God in such a manner that God begins to do things that he would not normally do? Amen. You see, God never began to create the earth until there were angels worshiping. And in the midst of their worship, God began to create the heavens and the earth. As there's 12 and 24 elders around the throne was worshiping him and giving him praise. Out of that praise, he began to create. And I want to tell you tonight that if you need God to create a way for you, if you need God to do something for you, amen, it is through your worship and in your worship that God does his very best work. Amen. It is in the blending of my praise should be offered with your praise. And it creates an, an, an acceptable fragrance in the presence of God. This requires uh, us to come together where that we are burnt up. Amen. How I many know oh, there's too many Hollywood spirits? Well, God's getting rid of them. But there's a lot of Hollywood spirits in the church. There's a lot, a lot of folks that have put their trust in people and, and put their trust. And we've got a lot of folks that, you know, they're, they're all of that and, and, you know, and whatever. It's just like you can watch it and just see Hollywood all the time. But it ain't about me. It's not about you. But the burnt offering, it burns up everything. Are you with me? There isn't nothing left. There isn't no one. There's no big eye. There's no, no great person. We are all broken. And in the midst of it all, we become ashes in the heat. Amen. 
until we can't, uh, we, we are that in the presence of God that we are not one that stands out or two that stands out. But as God is concerned, when we come here corporately, amen, our praise and our worship goes up as one. And it's not individually, but he hears a corporate praise coming from the tabernacle of praise. Amen. And so when we bring that spirit here and we come with that unity, then we have to understand that his presence will come into this place. This was required in order for the ingredients to be burned in the presence of God. This is costly. It costs your time. It costs effort. It costs emotion. It costs devotion. But worship always carries a price tag. We cannot give God worship without it costing us something. We are going to have it. You, you that are here tonight, it costs you your time. The reason you're here tonight is because you're saying to God, my time, you are worth my time. You are saying to God, God, you are worth my expression, my energy, your exp- my emotions, you are worth it. And I'm going to give it to you tonight. And so we lift our hands. We open our mouth. We sing our song. We bless our God. And as we do, it creates that atmosphere. Why? Because it costs us something. If we are not willing to pay that price, then we will never enter into true worship. Amen. And so we have to say that that to create that incense, to create that fragrance of worship. Amen. We have to be willing to pay the price. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10, it said, Thou shalt worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Amen. We, we have to understand tonight that he, there is no other one that is worthy of our worship. There is no other one that we should share our worship with or anything. Amen. None of us here tonight would probably consider bowing down to Buddha or Muhammad or, or one of the other idols, but yet we allow things to come before God in our life. Amen. Other things take our energy. Is it all right if a pastor just a little bit? Y'all can handle it, right? Y'all my Wednesday night folk. Amen. We 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 Everything else drains us, and then, thank God, we're here, but if we just come and we don't have a song, if we don't have a praise, if we're too exhausted, you know, stay up to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning on Saturday night and then just drag in here on Sunday with nothing. Amen? And so it is that, you know, I know you know, there folk have to work and all of those kind of things, and I understand that. But I'm talking about just allowing your flesh to do whatever it wants to do and then just bring God some kind of half-dead lamb. Bring him just a little, some kind of worship. Nothing left inside of you, and you just bring him the leftovers. Amen? And he tells us, he says that in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, he said that Solomon, I believe it was, he said, you wouldn't even offer this up to the governor, and yet you bring it to God. Right? It costs something. Tell your neighbor, it costs you to worship. Amen? True worship. Will, will cost you. You cannot just sit there. I know people say, well, pastor, still water runs deep. Well, hogwash. 
If you've got any water in you, it's going to come out somewhere. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't, it may, some, it may be like an artesian well. Some, it may just flow out, but it's going to come out somewhere. Praise God. And if there is the power of God and you really love him with all of your heart, you, you, I'm not going to tell you, you have to dance, spin or jump. If you want to help yourself, if you want to run, if you want to hang from the chandeliers, just don't be as big as me. But whatever you want to do, just help yourself. But here's the reality of it is that you will do something. It may be a clapping of a hands. It may be the singing of the song. It may be the tapping of the foot, whatever it is. But you have to express yourself. It costs you energy. It costs you your time. Amen. And when you do that, it, it honors God through your worship. Amen. A handful of incense upon a coal, uh, the coals of the altar every time that the priest entered was God's minimum. That's the least that they could bring. God instructed Moses was uh, this. He said, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generation. Let's look at that in Exodus chapter 30. He tells them here in verse number one, you shall make an altar of burnt incense upon it. You shall make it of cassia wood. In verse seven, he said, Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense Every morning, and when the uh, when he tends the lamp, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamp at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Hallelujah. In other words, he's telling him, he's saying this gener throughout all of your life, through your generation, make sure that praise don't go out. Make sure that all through your life, Aaron, that worship does not go out in the house of God, but that there is a perpetual incense that is going up before the Lord. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Amen. It's one thing to praise him when things are good. It's another thing to make a, a declaration that I will bless him at all times. Because sometimes you don't feel like praising him, but how many know God's still worthy of your praise? Amen. Sometimes you don't feel like it. Other times it seems that there's more bad against you than there is good for you. But I promise you when you get out of that dark place and that ugliness of your life and look back over your life, God has always been better to you than hell has been bad against you. Because you greater is he that is in you than the world that can come against you. And so we need to understand tonight that even in my lowest day, I still need to give him praise. Amen. David said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Ha <laughs> ha. Hallelujah. Amen. Just a handful of incense, he said, is a bare minimum. He tells Aaron, he said, every morning when you get up and you go and trim the wick and tend to the lamp, he said, make sure that the censer is burning. He said, whenever you go in at the light, he said, make sure that all through your life, Aaron, that there is a praise does not go out. God has chosen that there never be a time when worship is not being offered up before him. Amen. 
always praise, always worship is proper. Amen? See, worship has a price tag. It requires fresh coals that must be produced in the fire that burns on the altar of sacrifice. Those costly coals indicate that there is a fire that is burning. That sweet spices has been combined or come together and at a cost and a price of sacrifice they have come and now the cloud is filling the tabernacle. It is filling the place where the priests are sitting, but not only where the priests are, but now that smoke is getting through that thin veil and going into the outer courts and to where people that are on the outside, the, 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 the ordinary folks, if you will, were able to benefit from the worship that was going on on the inside. And I believe that we ought to have the folks that we come in contact with on a daily basis ought to benefit from our worship. They ought to benefit from us coming to the house of God. We ought not look like everybody else. We ought not, amen, have the attitude of the world, but there ought to be a benefit, amen, to us coming together. Don't let us just come together on Sunday and Wednesday night and go through some religious ritual that doesn't make any sense or doesn't perform and bring any power, but let us be different from the world because we have come to his place and we have offered up sacrifice and because of that, even those who don't even care about themselves can benefit from the blessing from us worshiping him that they will know that there is a God and they will turn their heart toward him and they too will accept him as Savior and Lord of their life and know that their life can be changed. Amen. In order to keep the coals hot enough to ignite the worship incense, we must continue to offer up God's sacrifice of praise continually. Continually. My lips will praise you. Amen. You know, if if you only worship God whenever you come to church, you won't be a very good worshiper. Amen. You got to practice. Amen. That's how you can know if somebody prays at home. Somebody that don't pray much at home can't pray very long at church. I didn't say that. Amen. But whenever somebody has that relationship with God, it's easy to praise him five minutes. Because you begin to create ways and you begin to, you extend your vocabulary to begin to give him praise and give him glory and give him honor that he is due. And so as we begin to offer up our praise and our worship, amen, do it driving to work. Do it, you know, in the bathroom. Do it washing dishes. Do it when nobody's around. Whatever you have to do. But just create a a culture and a lifestyle of worship till it becomes second nature to you. Until you just begin to bless him and praise him just because he's God. Amen. And I'm telling you that when you do, it'll keep those coals hot 
praise God, and when we come together corporately, that we will not have to try to get the fire going. The coals will be blazing with His glory. And as we offer our praise and our worship, the coals will already be hot and the smoke will begin to rise. The glory will begin to flow and people's lives will be changed forever. Amen. God tells us, he said, I would rather you be hot or cold. He said, because if you're lukewarm, he said in Revelation, he said, I will spew you out or I will vomit you out. In Genesis chapter 22, We see the story here of Abraham offering of Isaac, right? In verse 2, he said, Then he said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and and split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, son. Then he said, Look, the fire, the wood, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Amen. Then they came to the place, and God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there, and the place, the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched him out, uh, out his hand and took his knife to slay him. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad. Do not do any harm to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not uh, withheld your son, your only son from me. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behold him a ram caught in the thicket, but the horns by the horns. And so Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Hallelujah. There are some very interesting things in this story, but I just want to try to hold to pertaining to the worship. First of all, we have to understand that it took great faith to do this. Amen. We know that Abraham had another son, but he was uh, not the son, that the promised son, right? Uh, he, he was not the promised son. So in God's eyes, he only seen Isaac as his son because that was the promised son. And so he says to him, I want you to bring your best. I don't want an Ishmael. I want an Isaac. How many know it's easy to get rid of Ishmael? <laughs> Especially when he's in the house causing trouble. It's easy to get rid of your mistake. 
Hallelujah. I'll just leave that alone. I told you I wouldn't preach on it. Amen. It's easy to get rid of that in which we don't want any longer. But it's more difficult to bring something that is dear. And God tells Abraham, bring Isaac. Bring your only son. Bring the promised seed. You know, those one that I told you that would come from your loins. And the one that, that, that would begin this, this promise of you having the seed of, of the stars of the heavens and the sands of the sea. He said, that'll be your family tree. He said, bring him. Right? And so he brings him, but then faith is still in his heart. He gathers all of these things together, and then he gives instruction, which is interesting to me. In verse 5, he says to these two young men, he said, stay here with the donkeys. you got to have somebody take care of the donkeys. That'll preach. Amen. But not tonight. Amen. Stay here with the donkeys. And he said, me and the lad are going to return. We're going to go worship, but me and the lad are going to return. Amen. I, I, I believe that Abraham had some kind of faith because he knew that God was going to provide a sacrifice. Now, he was willing to do what it took to honor God. And that's what I want to say to you tonight is that we have to do what it takes to honor God. And, and I know in days past, we have, a lot of people have done a lot of things. And there's a lot of things that, that we've got caught up in the church that was not even anything that had to do with God. But it's been the heart of men or it's been the thoughts of men that we have done. But what I want to say is this, is people, we have swung from one side of the pendulum to the other. Until people used to do all this stuff to try to be pleasing. Right? Be pleasing to God. And, and it wasn't that it was bad. It just wasn't what God was wanting because he said it's not in the things that you've done, but it's been in the sacrifice, amen, of praise. But yet people were willing to do whatever it took to please God. And now we've swung to the other side of the pendulum where people don't care. Amen. And there's got to be some kind of balance in this thing where that we know that there is a price to pay. Amen. And we're willing to pay the price because God's glory is worth the price. Hallelujah. And when you get in his presence, amen, life, your life can be changed. And so here we see that he offers up Isaac. He takes him to the mountain. And we see that when he took him to the mountain, he had to go to where God told him to go before there ever was a ram showed up. And when we begin to worship God, we have to worship him to the place that we begin to experience his presence. And so we've got to climb the mountain, if you will. Are you still with me? We've got to climb the mountain of worship. And we're willing to pay the price to climb the mountain of worship at the place of sacrifice. God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. And I'm telling you tonight that when we will, are willing to pay the price, when we're willing to lay down and give God our very best, whatever that may be, and say, God, I withhold nothing from you. The very best. My Isaac, I give to you. It is then and that place. 
place that God will say like he did to Abraham, I know your heart now. I know that you're not going to withhold anything from me. And it is that place God will meet the need. Glory to God. Now I want to say to you tonight that when you're willing to give up your will, when you're willing to give up your Isaac, when you're willing to pay the price to climb the mountain of worship, it is at that place that God will meet you and he will meet you at the point of your need. He will supply that need at the place of sacrifice. Amen. He said, me and the lad are going to go yonder and worship. And God said, come on up here. It's interesting to me that whenever he gathered the wood and the fire and got Isaac and started up, he didn't say, okay, I know you're serious. He had to climb the mountain all the way to the top. And can I tell you that in God's infinite wisdom and knowing everything, he strategically had a ram climbing up the other side of the mountain at the same time that Abraham was climbing up this side of the mountain. He couldn't see the ram till he got to the place God told him to go. But it was in that place of worship that revelation came. I want to say to you tonight that revelation is opened in your worship. Amen. Now, seeing is good, but revelation is better than seeing. Because when you have revelation, you have something that is not yet seen, but it is on its way. Amen. And it is in your worship and in that place of, of sacrifice that God will allow you to see things that you would normally not see. Amen. But it was in that strategic place at the right time as he was there. Where was that ram whenever he was building the fire? Where was that ram when he was preparing everything? You tell me that God don't know what he's doing. He had that ram coming at the right time, at the right place, and putting so that when Abraham opened, looked, looked up, there he is. That's what worship will do for you. It will allow you to see things you've never seen before. It will allow you to have revelation of things that are to come. When you begin to worship him and praise him, he will show himself powerful in your life. Amen. He tells us that there was a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And he said, if these hold their peace, the rocks will immediately cry out. God will have somebody that will worship him. God will have somebody that's willing to pay the price so that his name can be lifted up and exalted. Amen. David in 2 Samuel chapter 24. Y'all all right? 2 Samuel chapter 24. Verse 18, it starts telling us the story of David, how that he is offering a sacrifice. But before that, David does something that God is not pleased with. Aren't you glad for grace today? I am glad for grace. I'm glad I'm not under the law. I'm glad that the grace is sufficient today. But David did something. He numbered the people. It wasn't that 
counting people was bad. It was he was numbering them to see if he had enough to take care of him without God. Amen? And it's in that that we all have that, that tendency. We think if we've got enough people with us, right, we can do a thing. And David was numbering the people, and the Bible said that, that God comes and he says, I'm going to give you three things. You can, you can, there's judgment coming, David, and there's these three things. And David said, I, I, I'd rather go in the hands of God than the mercy of God than to fall in the hands of man. And I, I'm glad tonight that we're in the hands of God and not the hands of man. Amen. But it says that the plague came in verse 15. The Lord sent this plague to Israel as part of judgment. 70,000 people are going and dying there. Uh, they, the men were uh, fell dead. And before worship could ever be offered. But David went and did something. He went and worshiped to stop this plague. Amen. In verse 18 it said he came... Uh, and Gad came to uh, that day to David and said to him, Go erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of... Who is that? Yeah. Y'all don't know either. We'll just call him the Jezbesite. <laughs> How's that? He's got to be ugly with a name like that. I'll tell you right now. So David, according to the word of uh, Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. And now uh, the Jezbesite looked and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. And so he went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. And then he said, Why has my lord, the king, come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. And now he said to David, let my Lord the king take the off and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look here, our oxen for burnt sacrifice, the threshing implements uh, and the yoke for oxen for wood. In other words, he's telling David, he's saying here, take the oxen, take the yoke, burn them. The threshing floor, it's all yours, whatever you need to do. In verse 23, all these, O king, has get, uh, I have given to the king. And he said, may the Lord your God accept you. And then the king said uh, to him, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offering to the Lord my God without that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shackles of silver. Amen. So here we see that the plague has come, trouble has come, 70,000 men have died. And David says, I, I know what I've got to do. I've got to offer God a sacrifice. If I don't, all of Israel's going to be destroyed. And so he goes and this man offers him something as a gift and says, take it, king, and use it as a sacrifice. But David understands something. He understands if I take this to God and don't pay full price for it, it hasn't cost me anything. It doesn't mean anything, right? I mean, know that if you buy a car, you'll take better care of it than one given to you. Come on, somebody. 
amen, something that don't mean anything to you. You don't, it don't have any value, but when you have put sweat and tears into it, when you have labored for it, praise God, you're going to do your very best. David said, I'm not about to take God something that I haven't made an investment in. I'm going to give you full price for it. And then I will take it to God. I want to tell you tonight that when David paid the price and he took it before the Lord, the Lord was so pleased with it that it stopped the plague. Amen. And it never went any further. Why? Because there was true worship that was offered up that day. It was a sacrifice that David had made. He paid for the threshing floor. He paid for the oxen. He paid for everything and he offered it up to God. And that's what God desires from us tonight. He doesn't want want us to bring him something that don't cost anything. He doesn't, but it is a sacrifice of praise. Amen. And when we offer a sacrifice of praise, it'll stop the plague in its tracks. It'll stop the sickness. It'll stop the, the financial stress. It'll stop the enemy in his tracks. Why? Because we have offered up to God worship. And when we do, he's coming to ambush our enemy. Glory to God. And so we got to give him some praise. Amen. David had an answer to answer. He said, did God, did God want him to offer uh, up this sacrifice or did he just want him to somebody to offer it up? But David purposed in his heart that it was his responsibility to give God this personal praise. Amen. It's sometimes easy for us to allow somebody else to praise. Isn't it easier for us to allow the worship singers to do the singing? It's easier to watch somebody else lift holy hands. It's easy. And and this is what this man was doing. I know uh, perhaps it wasn't uh, meant that way, but by him offering him the oxen without paying the price was to, is the equivalent of us coming to church and saying, let the worship team do the worship. Let the singers do the singing. Let somebody else lift hands. Let somebody else dance. Let somebody else worship God. Amen. And I'll just sit here. But you see, it was, it, it, That is not what God is intending. David said, I've got to worship him. I've got to pay the price. Amen. David said he was unworthy and he was in a position that he didn't even feel worthy to go and praise God and give him the worship. But he knew that God demanded him to bring praise himself. Amen. David valued his relationship with God more than he did the wealth. He valued his relationship with God more than he did a back a back room deal. Amen. He worshipped him and he his valued God's presence more than he did his kingship. Or for him, you know, there's a lot of folks today that will take precedence and because they are somebody or have a title or a name, they'll use that to have leverage, to, to have self-gain and self-gratification. But David said, I'm not the king today, I'm the worshiper today. Amen. And he laid down his kingship. He laid down all of 
that. He didn't late take all of his royalty and all of his prestige, but he went that day as a worshiper and he said, I'm not coming to get a blue light special. I'm coming to pay you full price because this isn't for me. It's for the king of glory and whatever it costs, it's worth, he is worthy of it. Amen. Praise God. It would have been so easy for him to fall into the temptation of merely attending a worship service but not paying the price. Right? How tempting is it to just come to church but never enter into worship? Amen? This man's offer was very pleasing to the flesh, appealing to the flesh. But David offered that burnt offering as a sacrifice to God. Sometimes it's a sacrifice for you to get up, come to church on Sunday morning. Amen? Sometimes it's a sacrifice for you to be here on Wednesday night, worked all day, took care of the kids, took care of your husband, provided food and, and rushed and did this and and maybe you worked all day and just got in in time to come. It's a sacrifice. I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, it does not go unnoticed by God. It does not go unnoticed by God. But it's in that sacrifice that offers up a sweet-smelling aroma to God that He says, I am well-pleased, and He inhabits our praise. Glory to God. So we don't dare offer up to God something that we would call worship and don't have an investment in. Amen. That's the reason I'm thankful for the praise team. I'm thankful for the musicians. I'm thankful for all that we have and all that are coming. Amen. There are more coming. And I'm thankful for them that are coming. But I'll never let them take my place. I'll never let them do the worship for me. I am going to worship him. Amen. I am going to bless him. I am going to praise him. We cannot afford not to give God something that we've made an investment in. Many times, if we're honest, and I'm about done, but many times, if we're honest, we come with empty hearts prayerless spirits. Our feelings, our emotions, everything is drained from us. And I know we all have difficult days. But listen to me. We have done far more to sabotage or not experience the presence of God in our worship services than any demonic activity can ever do. Because we ourselves have not paid the price to give him some kind of sacrificial praise. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying the enemy can't hinder you because when you make up your mind, I'm going to bless the Lord. Amen. You may be so exhausted that all you can do is sit there and tap your big toe. But if that's a sacrifice, it's pleasing to God. Amen? 
if it is all that you can do, if you give him your very best and you make it a sacrifice, it's going to be honoring and pleasing to him. And so when you begin to lift up holy hands, when you begin to open your mouth and you sing songs and you express your gratitude toward God, there isn't no devil big enough in hell. Amen. Nobody can stop you from experiencing the presence of God when you will offer up a sacrifice of praise. Amen. But here's the truth. We'd never go to a wedding shower. We'd never go to a birthday party and go there empty-handed. And yet we come to service after service without an offering for the king. Amen. It's quiet up in this my church tonight. But every time we come, sometimes our offering is great because we've experienced a mountaintop experience. And that's wonderful because somebody else is on the other side of the mountain and, and all they have is a handful, but they're bringing it. And when we bring it together corporately and our hearts are turned toward God, those coals are hot and those ambers are blazing. And as we offer that sacrifice, it creates a cloud that we forget about the trouble. We forget about the difficulty and we experience his glory in our lives and our lives are changed forever. Amen. It only happens when we worship. It only happens when we worship. I've seen thousands of people saved. I've seen thousands of people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've seen the deaf hear. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen the crippled leap for joy. I've seen cancer dry up. I've seen the miracles of God. But I've never seen one miracle where there was not worship taking place. Not one. But when there is worship, it creates an atmosphere for the power and the presence of God to do whatever needs to be done. And that's the reason why, my brothers and sisters, every time we come, every time, we ought to give him our best praise. Create that atmosphere so that he can do a work in our lives. Amen. Praise God. When we come with anticipation and a spirit of expectancy, God will show up and he'll reveal his power in our lives. Do you believe that tonight? Hallelujah. Let's give him praise. Amen. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for this wonderful congregation that you've entrusted us with. And God, I thank you for tonight and thank you for worshiping. Lord, you've just given me this assignment that in this next year we're to push on our worship, we're to push on our praise. And God, I just believe that you're going to do wonderful things. So, Father, I pray as you would take these words and these, these messages and these remarks that we've made and we've put them together, I pray that, that they would be embedded in our spirit, be embedded in our minds. And, God, that we would just practice your presence, practice praise, practice worship, 
And God, that we create an atmosphere, not just at service, but God, every day that we will be worshipers, that we will be people that will make a sacrifice of praise. And you'll meet us there. And we thank you for this tonight in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't he good? Hallelujah. Would you stand with me tonight? Amen. Got us a little something, something? All right. Let's sing just one time. Can we do that? If you have a special need here tonight, you want God to minister to you? Amen. Or minister, you have a special need? I want you to come as we sing this song and worship. Let's just believe God for God to do something great for you tonight. Will you do that? Praise God. One thing I ask and I would seek to see your beauty, to find you in the place your glory dwells. This one